Hi everyone, it's Tom Panoff here, and I've got with me Craig Marshall, uh, amazing person, 30 years in real estate, has three offices in the Century 21 group that are in the top 10. That's three offices. Hi, Craig. Hi, Tom. I'm so pumped and excited. I always love talking to people that have walked their talk, people that have been to a listing presentation yesterday, people that are not only running a business, but they're actually involved in the list-sell negotiation process. Um, So thank you. Pleasure. Yep. Craig, for the viewers out there that don't know you, which would be people saying Queensland maybe or yep. Victoria, can I just get a 60-second snapshot version of, of you? Of me? Uh, I've been in real estate 30 years, as you mentioned. Uh, I've had a lot of, The office has been in the top 10 for quite a few years now. I've got the number one office twice in the last few years, but that took me a long time to get there. I still list and sell myself. Uh, I do believe that listing and selling is so important to, to run a business. And basically, I still love it after 30 years, and I love challenges. I love. I'm just curious. Does it do your head in running five businesses, or how does it work out? Uh, look, it is a lot of work. The good thing that I've got is I've got a lot of good, loyal staff, and I've got over 12 people who've been with me over 10 years. Wow. And I've got another four people who've been with me nine years. So, uh, loyal staff. That means you can run a business efficiently. You have to get in systems in place and staff in place who run the systems, and. It's got to the stage now where people go and sell houses, they won't even see the house, it all just happens remotely, but you need loyal, good staff being with you a long time, and that's the way it works. I couldn't run this business if I had all new people. It right. just wouldn't happen. What do you think is that secret that you've been able to keep people to stay with you so long? I, I treat the business like a family. It's a big family now with multiple locations and 60 staff, but I treat them like family, and I'll get upset if somebody leaves. And I like to keep everyone happy. We have a good family orientation. We have social functions. We'd, I'd like to make sure that people enjoy what they do. Give, give me examples. How do you create, because you're talking about culture. You're yep. just, how, how do you create that sort of culture that there's happiness, that people feel terrific about coming to work, that people feel like they don't want to leave? What are the things that you know an owner can do to create and cultivate that sort of feeling? Uh, a lot of things I do, like every birthday, I make sure I ring the staff. They always get a cake, which is a pretty straightforward thing. Every single sale, I'm on the phone to congratulate them from every staff member. Uh, they make a joke now in the office too, by the way, because if I don't ring them within 10 or 15 minutes of them sending the email, it's a bit, it's a bit of a joke there. So I actually get onto them straight away. It's, it's attention. A, a big thing about management, if there's an issue, you hit it on the head straight away. You, you, you get involved and you, you work it out. And I've got a bit of a policy. I'm not, I, my staff know that I have ideas and I have systems and I have policies. And I actually say to them that not every time it's fair, but I have to have something which works the whole, the whole company. So I'll make decisions which may not look fair, but it's a decision. A lot of managers won't make decisions and won't confront situations and I'm always there to confront it straight away and okay. resolve it. And I, and I think there must be real wisdom in that because on the one hand, Craig, what you're saying is that you need to create a nice, happy environment, mm. but at the same time, if there's an issue, you, you go ugly early. You have yeah. that crucial conversation. Yes. You don't let it fester. You don't let it derail the business. No. So just the ability to do that. Um, do you find, are, you, are you the sort of person that finds it difficult to have tough conversations with people? Uh, no, because if my staff, I like loyal staff and people who are working for the business and are loyal. Uh, so if there's a tough thing to do, I've had people with divorces and deaths and all the issues in the world, and I'll support them through that for them to come out the other end. I will shut down very quickly if somebody's dishonest, doing the wrong thing or causing big troubles, I change. 
I'll, I'll shut down very, very quickly. But if things go wrong and it's a person who's loyal and doing the right thing but something's going wrong, I'll support them all the way through. Right. Okay, right now, people watching this video are generally people that are in their 20s and 30s. Um, they're riding 200, 300 grand in gross commission mm -hmm. income. They're seeing a guy here that owns five offices, um, has people that write a million dollars a year in his business. Mm -hmm. You have a helicopter view of what good salespeople do and what bad salespeople yes. do. And I'd love to be able to tap into your 30 years experience and share it with the viewers. What is the common denominator of good real estate salespeople? Okay, the first thing is the want and the love of it. There's no use doing a job unless you love it. So the people who do well love it. They actually, I find it very interesting, my top salespeople keep going to training. And the bottom salespeople can't understand why the top salespeople are going to training. I actually got a comment from one of my salespeople the other day, one of my newer ones, why are you at the, at the training? It was actually your training, actually. He said, why are you there? Shouldn't you know everything after 30 years? He said, no, because you always learn something. And the top salespeople do training and they're diligent. Uh, I can tell you exactly, if I send an email out to all my staff, I know who will reply and how long it takes. I know who won't even reply. Because, and then the top salespeople, they're in a system, they work the system, they um, actually get results. They actually get a task and complete it quickly and efficiently. Yeah. They don't push things aside. It's the old story. If there's something bad to do in the morning yeah. or that day, do it in the morning, do it first thing, get it out of the way. Yeah. So they, they, they grab hold of ideas and work it. Now, my top salespeople, if a good idea comes in, they grab it and run with it. The other people just complain about it. Too much work, too hard, whatever. So that's what it is. It's just that, that continual per persistence and attitude and completing tasks and, and being like that. Okay, so uh, Craig covered a fair bit there. I mean, the first thing he said is that they have passion and want and desire. And I suppose when you, when you love the job, you're always going to do better because you're going to spend more time in it. Because yes. you, spend, you spend more time doing things that you love. So obviously, just being there more often means that you're going to get better results. Mm -hmm. Being there more often means that you'll get better at it anyway. Yes. Um, ironically, yes, about training, it's funny, isn't it, Craig? Like, the people that need it least go to training, and the people that need it most aren't there. Yes. Um, and you've summed that up. And also the thing about, what do you say about staying on the task? I mean, people get distracted easily, don't they, in real estate? Very easily, yeah. I can't work out why it's a, just a policy thing. Real estate agents are always late to appointments, and I can't work that out because it's so crucial. Why can't you get yourself organised? Good salespeople will be there on time and be there early, and other people get there late. They're not, see, they're not organised. If you're not organised in your personal life, how can you be organised in your business life? And I must say, when you have women who come into the business, and have got young kids or kids have been through that whole thing and have to juggle 10 different things at a time, it's amazing how well they do in real estate because they can juggle 10 different things at a time. So you're saying this thing about lateness, if someone's late, they're generally late all the time. Correct, yeah. It's, you can pick it. Right, it's, what, it's become like a, a habit in their life. It's exactly, just... exactly. They've got to change their habit to be able to do it. Um, just a very quick little story I tell, uh, employing somebody new just fairly recently, and I did a bit of a crazy thing. I went around and actually explained every single person to that person, what they're like, whether they return your emails, whether they'll do something, uh, just the personality of every single one. At the end of the day, uh, she said to me, why did you do that? I said, you need to know, because she's an overall marketing person, you need to know how everyone works 
It's not that I dislike anybody. I respect every single personality in my company. Right. So that's, as a manager, that's another thing back on that. You need to respect and you need to understand and you need to say, that's their personality, you have to work with that personality. Okay? Again, if they're loyal and honest and everything, I'm happy. If they're dishonest, they're out the door, but respect it. So I went through the whole day. At the end of the day, uh, she said to me, why do you do that? I said, you need to know. And over the next couple of weeks, she started saying, now I know why when I send an email, this person won't re return it and this person will. And she was able to deal with the staff accordingly, like I do. Okay, that's beautiful. Craig. Bad salespeople, have you worked out a common thread? Because there's a lot of people that come in, the sky's the limit. I mean, we've got an industry where people can have very low education but earn $300,000 a year. Mm. But the majority of the people that will get their real estate certificate and work in an office won't get to that level. The majority of the people will struggle. Yeah. Have you been able to... Uh, through your helicopter view of real estate in 30 years, employing hundreds of people over those years, have you worked out, is there a common thread of the bad ones? Uh, the common thread of the bad ones would be one of them is just not liking the job. Right. You know, they, they think all these dollars are there. So they come in there and think, okay, I can make a fortune. They come in, they just don't like the job. It's, it's just not for them. Uh, so not liking, personality. You can be multiple personalities in real estate. It's not just one type of personality. But if the personality doesn't fit in the industry, right. you're not going to do well. I had one person who worked for me and he had fantastic letters from vendors. But he, on the 80-20 rule, 20% of the people liked this, this person, 80% didn't. You can't make a lot of money. You need to be an 80-20 where 80% of the people like you, because not 100% will ever, what, ever like have you. I mean, that's an interesting thing. What makes someone likeable? What's the likeable real estate personality? Okay, I'm going to do a, a bit of a theory, which I call, people think it's quite funny, I bring it up, it's called the dog theory. Right. You've seen somebody walking down the street with a dog? Yeah. And you always see the dog is a bit like the person who's walking the dog and vice versa? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, what it is, a salesperson is going to be good in real estate on the dog theory. You, you look at a, the salesperson, you look at the vendor, and there's a commonality there. Okay. Now, a good salesperson has a good-looking dog that a lot of people like. Okay, a bad salesperson has a dog which is a lot of people don't like. So if you've got, it's that connection between the, the dog theory and the vendor and the purchaser. So if you're a person who more people like and you're more you're passionate and concerned, you'll get more business than somebody who's got an ugly dog. Is that, okay, is that learnable or is that born? Uh, that's a very good question. It's, uh, I think you can teach somebody all the facts and figures and the whole lot. It's very hard to teach that. But... There's another side, and I've had salespeople start with me, which I would, in the dog theory, I thought they're not going to get much business because I just think the compatibility out there in the marketplace is not going to work. So let's go to another side. You get somebody who's very diligent, uh, grabs all the knowledge, goes to all the training, grabs all the systems, uh, takes everything in and works it and works hard, can be just as successful. And I've seen that happen as well. So forget the personality part, because don't forget, if you're going for business, you've got the knowledge and you've got the back end, you've got, you, you know everything, you can overcome that, that situation. So yeah. if you don't think you've got the personality, you get the knowledge and the expertise and the whole lot and ask questions and training and just know everything. Yeah, I think so. In summary, what you're saying is that everyone's got a baseline of likability and you know, sales mm. um, influence, but you can change that number, increase it, decrease it, by things that you've got control over, like yes. 
training. It's not just like I'm born good or bad. No, nobody's born a real estate agent, as they say. But if you, it, I've seen salespeople got a fantastic personality. Okay, and they go out there, they can sell ice to Eskimos and, and things like that. That person has to understand they're great at that, but usually those people don't have any detail behind them. Yeah. And they go out there and they do all these things and everything falls down behind them because they're a great salesperson, but that part falls apart. What they need to do is understand where they're situated and get somebody to pick up the pieces behind them. And I've seen a lot of salespeople, great salespeople, and it all falls apart because of the underneath. So you employ somebody to look after that part because a lot of salespeople aren't analytical enough, so they won't do the detail. Get someone else to do it. And then you'll go through the roof. And I've seen that happen many times beforehand too. Your method of operation of success in real estate is big on auctions. Yes. Uh, lots of marketing. Yes. Um, is there a lot of uh, prospecting that's done in your business or is it more like you've built a bit of a brand and it's an attraction type business? Uh, I do every single property listing that comes in. I get an email from the staff or email it to all the staff and I actually file it away to analyse where it's all coming from. And at the end of the day, a lot of it comes from speaking to people. Right. You can letterbox dropping farming is good. It's just it's just branding recognition, but it comes down to, to knowing people and then to speaking to people. And it really is, it is so strong. Sitting in the office and doing not speaking to people is just not on. You've got to get out and talk to people. Okay, so I've got to tell you, I want to, this is an important point because you're talking to a guy here that's you know reached the the height of real estate career, thirty years to be running three businesses in the top 10 of Century 21 in all of Australia, that's three offices, in the business for 30 years, he's saying that without conversations in 2013 and 2014, even though we've got all these new systems and processes and database systems and MailChimp and um, all this software program, you can send an email to America and get a response within two minutes. Mm. What you're saying is the top people still voice-to-voice, belly-to-belly are having conversations with people in their marketplace. Uh, a prime example was, was last night. did a golf day. It was a sponsored golf day. I sponsored the last three years. Okay, I got someone else to go there, but this year I made sure I was there. I did a speech for, for three or four minutes in front of 90 people. If I wasn't there and I gave them the money and my brand is up and the sign's up, maybe something would have happened, who knows. I walked out of the car, just about to go, guy came up to me, retired person, says I want to sell my home, can you come and see me? Booked in the appointment on the spot there. Well, what, what have we said? It's not who you know, it's who, who knows you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was a perfect example of you do, speaking, having a purpose talk one to many, then just one to one, and then getting business from Exactly, I don't know, don't know him at all, but now I do. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. excellent. Uh, Craig, as we finish off here today, I want to ask you this final question. If Craig Marshall was meeting Craig Marshall 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give him? What advice would I give Craig Marshall 30 years ago? Um, Go for your goals, keep going. Uh, Things will happen, things will go right, things will go wrong. But as long as, look, everything's going to go wrong. Just keep your goals, keep focus and keep trying. Even though you get hit around the head and beaten down and things go wrong. I've had a huge ups and downs through my career. Uh, just keep on going because they're the people who succeed who just keep on goals. Yeah. I have goals, non-stop goals and goals. And it's a funny thing, I have all these goals in the business, my personal goals, business goals. I focus on them and I don't know what it is, it's like karma. They seem to come off, every, not every time, but most of the time. But just keep that focus. Okay. Keep focus, that's it. And on that point, gang, we're going to finish off. I think uh, Craig has summed it up that, look, every day is not going to be a 10 out of 10 day, but don't get attached 
to the high, don't get attached to the low because wherever there is a high, yep. you're going to have a tough time coming up. Whenever things are down, don't get attached to it and get absorbed to it because the reality is that things will pick up. To our viewers out there, one final bit of advice. What is the advice you can give someone sitting there that wants to be better? What can you share with us? One of the biggest things I have is, is people will either succeed or fail over one thing I believe, and that isn't what I say to people. The owners have the problem, you don't. If you take on their problems and you fall down with them, you won't succeed. You've got to actually separate yourself. And I find it very important, I learned from many years ago from Ray Cordeaux, uh, who, who I bought the business from 26 years ago. If you don't get a result and help them, you are failing. So if you go down to their problem, we're dealing divorces, uh, money, all sorts of things. But if you go down and feel totally depressed with them and you don't take control and remove yourself from the emotions, you will not actually do the right thing by the owners because you won't get the result because you're falling down. And I find salespeople don't succeed, fall into the emotional trap, can't cope and get out of real estate separate. They have the problem, you don't, but you're here to help them move their life on. Okay, gold, because to me what you're saying is if you get emotionally attached to it, you stop having the crucial conversations, you stop following the process because you've taken the role of not being an agent but becoming a counsellor. Yes. Craig Marshall from Porto Marshall, thank you so much. Thank you.